Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Welcome to Tutela Nuanes, Montana's only statewide sports talk show. Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football! Now, sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Hello, Montana. Montana basketball with associate head coach Chris Cobb. And eligibility going into the future along with some recruiting news and maybe even some NFL stuff. It is Tutel Nuanas 102.9 ESPN Radio. Outstanding to be with you on this Monday afternoon. Hope you are having a safe and yet enjoyable time finding all the nooks and crannies that you didn't know you had in your own home. We appreciate you being along with us. You're driving around, staying safe, keeping the six feet of distance from one another, all that. That's the beauty of radio. You could be a million miles from me, and you still, you know, it's just like I'm sitting there in the living room with you. So we hope you're having a great day. We appreciate you letting us be on board with you. Let's take a look at what we got in the show today. First of all, Chris Cobb, the associate head coach at the University of Montana for the men's basketball team, going to join us. He has been the associate head coach. He's been on the staff, I guess I should say, uh, with Travis DeCure since Travis DeCure took over he's the one guy who's been here for the whole run uh, that Travis Secure has been on so he'll talk to us about obviously the ending of the season but more about the future of this team some guys who are going to get eligibility that had to sit out this past year some new recruiting information and a bunch of stuff that uh, that he does doing a great job uh, as the associate head coach for the Grizzly basketball team so we'll spend some time with him off the start of the show I know that Coulter has some recruiting news to get to we will get to all that also Top of the hour, 5 o'clock. We're going to hear a little bit more from Tom Wistersill. He had a uh, conference call last week, and he touched on something that was not so much related to the COVID-19 and the coronavirus and all that. It was about eligibility and things like that. We thought we could spend some time looking at what he said, look at some of the pluses and minuses of kids retaining eligibility with spring sports now being canceled in the Big Sky Conference, if they will be able to keep those, the seniors that would have been seniors this year, and, and some of the things along those lines. And Coulter stumbled upon a very 
very interesting tidbit. Evidently, he tells me that the starting 11 of the Atlanta Falcons, every single dude starting, per, per presumed starter on the Atlanta Fal- Falcons, is a former first-round draft pick in the NFL draft. It never happened before, according to what he says. We'll, so we will uh, we will get to it never this. happened since the merger. Oh, since the merger, okay. So, so well, I guess I mean that's I mean, basically it, the only NFL history. That's pretty much, I, yeah. You know, it's it's Packers, Chiefs, Joe Namath merger. Yeah, yeah. So we could say we could say ever. I think pretty clearly there. So there you go. Hey, if you want to find us on the World Wide Web, one zero two nine ESPN dot com. You go there. You listen live on the uh, stream. The stream is available all the time thanks to Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. And right now we go to the Rankins Brothers RV phone line. We welcome in the aforementioned associate head coach of the University of Montana men's basketball team, Chris Cobb, joining us. Coach, thanks so much for being with us, man. I know it's a sort of a crazy situation that we're in, everybody, right now, but how are you? You holding in all right? Everything good? I'm doing good, guys. Thanks for uh, for having me. I'm uh, I'm trying to perfect sleep training in a six month old right now. So that's uh, that's kind of the deal. But we're we've had success the first four days. So so right now I'm considering writing a book on that. If we, uh, if we don't get back into coaching, that's exactly well, right. The last time we talked, when we were BSing before our practice one day, you were saying that you had almost mastered the art of rocking the baby in one hand and keeping up with recruiting slash on Twitter with the other hand. Have, have you gotten to the point of actually mastering this task now? No, I think I, I, I'm usually pretty good for about five or six days of thinking I've got something figured out, and then he throws me for a loop. So it's uh, it's kind of it seems to be the, the natural way that this thing's going. But, yeah, so that, that's what we're doing right now in the Cobb household for – for the week well good for you i'll tell you one thing first of all good for you for sticking in it you sound like travis to after a game why i don't know how you keep putting this kid to sleep right now it sounds like a lot of it is drained right here chris yeah no no i i feel like i got a little bit more energy than travis does after games so yeah yeah I'm, I'm i'm good to go i can i can uh i can rally well i love it man well we appreciate you being here certainly and we know it's it's an interesting time help us with this just from a recruiting standpoint because my understanding is there is they they implemented like a dark period right now where there's not really recruiting going on but is that is that in stone like how long does that last or what can you can you and can you not do right now in that realm of your job yeah it's a a little tricky because right now we're we're uh, we're allowed to recruit um, but it's a dead period so um, when they say dead dead period you can't have any in-person uh contact so no one can come to campus you can't go see anybody um there's no evaluations that that are allowed to happen whether it's you know in any any facet um but we can do a lot of calling so right now it's a little uh crazy understanding the the dynamics of uh of recruiting just because the transfer portal is is hopping and there's new names in it constantly um and so you have to evaluate a lot of guys on film and go back and kind of sit. And so everything, you know, with us being at home and, uh, you know, kind of locked away for the most part, uh, you're able to get on the phone. You're able to uh, assess guys based off of the film that they put on with their, with their current team. If you need to, if you need to watch them, but we're lucky so far right now that uh, we haven't had to really dip into that transfer market because we feel pretty good about the roster and the guys that we have coming back. I know you will agree with me on this statement, the way technology has really impacted recruiting, completely changed everything about it. But I remember even when I first started covering recruiting stuff 10 years ago, the, the film was so much more archaic. 
the way that you track down guys, information about guys. I used to spend so much time just calling around high school coaches, or I'd get a tip that you know Montana men's basketball is recruiting this area, and then you just call high school coaches and see what was going on, and then you might get some film. And most of the time, it was pretty grainy and archaic. And this is only ten years ago, but now everybody's got film. Everybody's got good film. Everybody's got huddle film. Everybody knows how to edit it all together. And all of a sudden, now every dude you watch film on, you're like, "Well, this guy is amazing." So when you don't get to see him in person, you don't get to see the body language, you don't get to see the way they interact, it is all on the phone, it is all just watching their film. How much harder does that make it? Oh, there'll be there'll be a ton of people that, that make mistakes. And, and this year, uh, more so than any year we've ever seen, will be, um, will be hard. I think guys that, you know, I look at how it really directly impacts the 2020 class of recruits because there's still a lot of, high school, junior college, prep school kids, they're trying to find spots. And you saw, I think on Twitter, like right when this was all going down, you could tell the programs that were pressuring kids to commit right away because there would be two or three commitments right away or, you you know, all of a sudden. And that's direct, I think a direct impact is saying, hey, look, we're, there's really going to be no campus visits. There's not going to be, uh, you know, go spend two days on the campus, go uh, have a one-day tryout at the school, whatever it is, play with the guys. So it, it, it's insane right now of how, how it's going, and I think it's going to create uh, a ton of uh, mistakes on a lot of programs' parts. And, um, you know, you, you speak to, like, you know, we can go on YouTube. You have Huddle. Um, you have all these different resources that usually make it um, way easier to do our job. But I think what – there's nothing that replaces uh, in-person, face-to-face evaluation and watching these guys play um, and what they do. And usually the film is a, uh, a validation tool rather than the actual thing that you're doing. So uh, it's a crazy time right now for sure. We'll circle back around to recruiting, but I have one more question on this specific situation because you mentioned that a lot of people might and could and probably will make mistakes What's the the baseline strategy to to not make a mistake? Uh, have good players on your roster and not have to bring in five, right. four or five different guys. I right. think is is really the main one. Um, but I think uh, the other part of it is that you know, and you can get tri- You can. There's a lot of different people who probably have an opinion of what to do or how to do it. I think the one is you watch enough college basketball or see enough college basketball to know that if you are going to dip in that transfer market. Uh, have you seen the team play? Do you know the teams that play in that conference? Do you have someone that you're close to that uh, might be in the conference or that you trust that knows and is pretty good with the valuation of players that can give you uh, more feedback on what they do, what they don't do, and the fit? And so I think uh, the easiest way is, you know, and you start looking at it, there's grad transfers in conference, there's grad transfers, there's transfers that, um, you, you know, are in your conference, there's, uh, there's guys that you played in the non-conference. Um, there's a lot of different ways that you could have seen or have a good sense of, of guys that are leaving different programs. I think the other aspect, too, is a lot of times the guys that you're dipping into or you're trying to reach out to, you've already recruited or evaluated. So um, I think that's one way that, uh, we do it that I think allows us to be a little bit more strategic and hit more at a higher percentage with some of the transfers is we've already recruited them once. 
um, and didn't get him. So we did evaluate him in high school, or maybe we recruited him on the previous transfer and we're trying to get him on another transfer, you know, as a grad transfer or something. So I think the more familiarity you can get with these guys, the better. And that's how you eliminate, um, you know, making a, a big mistake. Oh, I did not trick anybody with my film. I can tell you that. <laughs> Nobody picked me up out of that portal at any point in time, which was disappointing. It is to tell Nuanas 1029 ESPN Radio. Chris Cobb joining us, associate head coach, the University of Montana men's basketball team. And coach, we want to spend some time getting into, and we will in the next segment, about the, the, the recruits that you have coming in and some of the guys who are gaining eligibility now that they've, you know, sat out the requisite year and so forth. But I wanted to ask you just briefly about, you know, the reaction of the team when the season came to a very abrupt close and I was in a situation on that Thursday morning in Boise where guys saw that oh my goodness the Big Ten oh my goodness the SEC and this is probably happening or was it like a bubble and then all of a sudden just get back on the bus and and what was I mean obviously completely disappointed but what was the reaction to that yeah we prepared all morning like we would as if we were going to play that night I think you started seeing stuff come down the the, the chain of command and on Twitter and across ESPN. And you saw uh, there was obviously picking up quite a bit of steam based off of uh, some of the positive tests and some of the stuff the NBA was doing. And uh, we jumped on the, the bus to go to shoot around thinking, okay, you know, let, let's prepare, let's do what we do. And, and who knows, it might be, we might play, we might not. And, and if we're going to have a shoot around, let's have it be a really good shoot around. So we went to film, we jumped on the bus. Uh, and as soon as we got to the arena, uh, Travis got the call, and then at that point, um, we knew that that it was it was pretty much done. And and so I think at that point there was still a little bit of hope that, well, gosh, could could a postseason tournament? You know, could uh, we still play in the CIT? What 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 look? You know, what was going to happen the next two to three four days? Um, still was kind of unknown, and um, it was I, you know I think it's just a shock factor of trying to figure out you know how to process it all, and you just feel so bad for the seniors because the guys that you know, I think showed up to Boise thinking we're going to try to go to an NC2A tournament for the third time in a row. Um, you know, a guy like Jared Samuelson that came over to try to, you know, hang a banner and go to an NC2A tournament that doesn't even have the opportunity uh, to let it rip. And uh, so you feel for those guys. This year in the league, too, it was such an interesting league because I think that there wasn't maybe the team that had just the jam-packed elite talent like you guys have had the last couple of years. And even the last couple of years, there's been a couple other really stacked teams, too. I mean, that Northern Colorado team from a couple of years ago that had Andre Spite and Jordan Davis and Jonah Radabaugh and all those guys. There was some upper echelon teams that were really just stacked. And this year, there was a couple teams towards the top of the league standings that had multiple all-conference-type players. But then I think the league was so fascinating to watch this year because every single team had a dude, even second-to-last place Idaho. Had Trayvon Allen, one of the leading scorers in the country. Jarek Harding, playing for Weaver State. Those teams were playing on the first day of the tournament. You know, not to mention guys like Harold Frey and Holland Woods and on down the line. So, But from your guys' perspective, it seemed to me, and I know all three seniors were really hungry for this thing, but it seemed to me that Saeed Pridget, more than maybe anybody else, really wanted that one last chance to prove that he could be the dude to lead a team to the NCAA tournament. He doesn't get that chance. So, I mean, how disappointing was that element, not getting to see those three guys, but particularly Saeed, get a chance to, to finish with a flourish? Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, everyone gets to see Saeed on game nights and, um, and and all that. I think the the thing about him is, is that I think of when uh, I think about his career and, and 
and what he's done here is just how much he loves the program. And to me, that's why he's able to have not just a lot of individual success, but I think in some ways propel us uh, to overachieve and, um, and find success as, as a team, and as a group. And uh, I, I, you know, I think we, we as coaches, his teammates, I think he, every, he gave everyone confidence every single day. Um, and so it's, it's disappointing because I think out of anyone that we've coached, um, you put him right up at the top of guys that take such pride in wearing a Grizz jersey and understand what it means and loves this community. Um, it, it's so funny, you know, when they started talking about, I don't know, if, I don't think they've made a decision quite yet, but they started talking about, you know, will – Will, they, will the NCAA allow seniors to come back, you know, and and um, and finish, you know, maybe another year, or another semester, or whatever it is? Uh, and you heard rumblings in different programs. They'd say, oh, you know, the seniors are are over it. You know, they're um, they're you know they're ready to go on and play professionally, or they're ready to go on in their lives and pursue whatever. There is zero uh, percent chance that Saeed Bridget would not. Uh, come back and and do this because he just loves it so much and um, on a day in day out basis you just you understand his passion and love for the program and uh, it's really what makes him special and in some ways it kind of set us set the tone for the future of the program and and for the young guys probably worth noting also at this point uh, coming out today Saeed Pridget an all district player district six uh, on, the, on the first team of that uh, team as well so uh, yet another feather in the cap uh, for him and an outstanding career and and uh, a one that evolved tremendously over time different roles for Saeed Pridget over the years but outstanding I wanted to just finish up with you in this segment uh, uh, coach Chris Cobb on the line associate coach of the University of Montana but Colter referenced how intriguing the year was in a lot of ways when you look at the, the season as it sort of went went through it, Montana was at the top for a long time, then kind of took a couple losses towards the end of that season, but with some really good teams and really a top three and even maybe a Portland State, maybe in a four. What did you think about the makeup of the tournament as it was coming based on what you had seen in the regular season? Yeah, I thought it was going to be fascinating. I think uh, the one thing about the league this year was really anybody could beat anybody. I think those top three teams showed – uh, that night in, night out, you could probably be a little bit more ready. Uh, but I, you know, I think you could look at any of those teams and, and feel like they probably went in feeling like they they could win a game. And I think you know, Coulter talked a little bit about you know the last couple of years. I felt like our talent level uh, and our team was was really really good. I don't know if anybody uh, was like that. You know, you look at even those top three teams. Like we beat Eastern twice. Northern Colorado beat us twice. Eastern, you know, so it's it. In some ways, it was just a little bit about matchups and um, and showing up that night ready to go and, and having a good plan and executing it. And, um, you know, anything could have happened. I liked our chances. I liked where uh, where we were at, even though we, you know, it struggled a little bit there towards the end. Um, I thought we were going to be right and ready uh, to to perform and. Um, and I liked, you know, kind of some of the matchups that we could potentially see. But I'm sure everybody walked in there thinking we got a chance to win two, three games, uh, whatever's necessary to, to to hang a banner. Well, Coach, we appreciate you being with us. We want to talk a little recruiting. You stick around with us and do that uh, after this here for a minute? Absolutely. I got time. Okay. Got time. Well, we got, believe me. <laughs> 
Nobody's got more time than us, Chris. God, we're doing a sports show in May in 20, March of 2020, whatever the time is, who even knows. So we appreciate that. We'll take a quick break. We will return. Chris Cobb, the associate coach of the University of Montana men's basketball team, right after this. You know, Coulter, the online world is complex, and it's even the more complex when you have a business that's online. And let's be honest, every business is online in this day and age. How nice would it be if you had a company that could help you make your business demands simpler and the approach easier to understand while also making it secure? One of the great books ever written, Eric Hoffer, The True Believer. One of the theses in this book is man of ideas and men of action. Sometimes the men of ideas need men of action. We need help. We need help with all of the logistics of technology. Boy, do we. I got nothing but ideas, and I got no clue how to do any of this other stuff. So that's why you call our friends at Blackfoot. Blackfoot Communications are your men and women of action. When your business online needs help, needs security, and needs to, frankly, just stay functioning. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. Ensure that your company is online all the time. Get the people of action from Blackfoot Communications. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. Newly eligible players and Montana men's hoops with Chris Cobb, associate head coach of the Grizzly men's basketball team. It's 2 Tail New Orleans, 1029 ESPN Radio. Great to be with you on this Monday afternoon. Hope you are having a fantastic day. You can find us on the Twitter at Gus Tutel, at 1029 ESPN, and at Skyline Sports MT. Straight fire on Twitter out of me this weekend. Man, when I got 48 minutes to. Uh, uh, Type and do a single tweet. It's good. It's really good. Yeah, I gotta <laughs> have. So inspirational. I gotta have a little. That's right. That's right. Motivational Tr- thoughts. Trying to lift the levels here. People want everybody to be all right. We go. Uh, we go back to the Regis Brothers RV phone line. Continue in our Opportunity Bank Coaches Quarter with Chris Cobb, Associate Head Coach of the University of Montana Grizzlies. And Coach, thanks again for sticking with us through all this. We appreciate it. And. Uh, Wanted to talk a little bit about recruiting. We talked some about it in general off the top, but want to talk specifically about Montana. And I want to start with a couple of guys who have been on the team and uh, had to sit out a year to to you know gain their eligibility. And Michael Stedman and Nassim Gaskin. I think that a lot of people who've watched you know in practices and seen these guys play go, wow, okay, these are a couple of guys who might be you know some 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 major contributors. But what have you seen out of those guys? And what are expectations like for guys when they sit out a year, get integrated into the program, and then are uh, you know eligible then that following year? Yeah, I mean they're they're. Uh... They're with us every day, and they do uh, probably more than than we ask our guys that are with us wearing a jersey on game nights. And so those guys are doing redshirt workouts. Those guys are in practice with us. Those guys um, are in the weight room more consistently than than the guys that are playing. So um, it's pretty intense. I think we've always, you know, tried really hard as a staff to make sure that those guys that sit out use it the right way and and for each guy uh, individually, it's a little different what, uh, what we go into with a plan and, 
um, and try to attack. And so for each guy, you know, Mike was, Michael was uh, trying to improve his body and uh, a couple different facets of his game. I think the one thing that's unique about him is he was a sit one play one. So he sat one stat last year and will play only one year with us. So, um, you know, his deal was, I think, getting his body right in terms of his conditioning and, and different things. And then what parts of his game could we work on that would integrate him uh, as quickly as possible with us, within our system, knowing we've only got one year. And uh, he's going to be a pretty special player. I think, uh, you know, he was like 14 and nine in the, in the Mountain West uh, his junior year at San Jose State. And, um, made the decision to come up here and, and for a lot of the right reasons, you know, he had a lot of interest uh, across the entire country and some pretty big programs. And um, he made, he made a decision based on the right things and had a great year. Uh, he'll be a really, really good scorer. Um, I think the one unique thing about him being six ten is that he scores really well around the, the basket, uh, but he shoots it really well. Also um, there's one point during the year that, you know, we chart practice every day. He was, in the low forties from the three point line. Um, and so it kind of shows his versatility and, and him being a dual threat, uh, weapon down low and on the perimeter, uh, making shots. Um, you, you know, so what, he'll, he'll, oh, go ahead. well, let me ask you those specific, not, not so much about Stedman particularly, but when you have a sit one, play one type of guy, I think there's a lot of coaches. Like if you could get a guy with that kind of talent, you, you want that guy, no matter for, you know, for how long, but it's also important to have the culture, right? That I know that that coach, uh, you know, DeCure and yourself have have sort of molded and tried to cultivate. And so, what's some of the risks that you run, or how do you, I guess, de- determine? Yes, this is a guy that we can use for one year that is still going to be important to us for that season that he's able to play. Uh, well, the first thing is how good how good he is. Um, That's right. He, okay. uh, he's he's. Uh, it really is that simple, darn- isn't it, Chris? It, like, yeah, okay, it, you could bang it, a three or six ten. Go ahead, go ahead, suit up. Yeah, you're if you're if you uh, if you could do what he can do, you could play ten games and we'll take you. Um, but he, uh, you know, I think the one thing about Mike was, you know, uh, he's from the Bay Area. He knows a lot of our guys. He knows uh, that we have a lot of California guys out here. Um, and he felt really comfortable with us. And, and I think sometimes people leave a situation because they're looking for something, you know, and, and for Mike, this, this situation offered him uh, the ability to win. And I think, you know, he won a lot in, in high school. He won a lot in his junior college. They won a state championship. Um, and then he went to San Jose state and had uh, a lot of, of, of losing. And so I think that became at the forefront for Mike. And so I think a lot of times guys like Mike, they look up and they're saying, I put up great numbers wherever I was. And that's, that's the most important thing to them. Right. Mike made a decision saying, I want to go somewhere that has a chance to win and play in the NCAA tournament. And that's going to be a premium. And a lot of times guys say that, but then they don't really follow through with their decision um, and it doesn't, you know, the two don't add up. Mike did. And, uh, and I think we felt that with him and uh, the, the talks that we had. And I think he believed in our vision for what, you know, what we were going to do for him for that one year. And it really all added up. And I thought uh, he, he had a great year sitting out, but we weren't scared away by the one, you know, sit one, play one. Uh, Cause that, that play one uh, should be, should be pretty good. I remember talking to Ahmad Rory about 
the year sitting out, and he, you know, especially for a guy like him who's just a ruthless competitor, he said it was just so hard to not be able to play in games. How do you keep guys motivated when they're not playing, when they don't have the reward of playing on Thursdays and Saturday nights? It's incredibly, incredibly difficult. And uh, it's, you know, because I think you, you get there and you're like, okay, in the fall, you know, I have a chance to really work on my craft and get better in certain areas that I never really have been able to just devote time to. So, like, for Mike, it was – can I become a more consistent shooter? Can I play on, you know, on better balance? Can I score in the areas around the rim that this offense and this system allows me to do it? Uh, and so I think those were all like exciting things. And then, uh, and then for him, it's also a change, right? Like anytime you get change, it's a little bit, so, you know, it can rejuvenate you and get you a little bit more focused and excited. And then comes that lull, I think, always with these guys when they come back from Christmas break where it's like, man, the rest of the guys are playing. I've been doing this for so long. And there's really no light at the end of the tunnel until the season starts to end. And then as the season starts to end, you start saying, okay, you know what? Like, I'm going to be next time, you know, we're at home. Like, you know, you senior night, I think you could start seeing like these guys say, all right, it's about my time. Um, and so I think there, it kind of goes in waves. and then. I think the energy of, of the coaches that work them out every day, uh, you know, I don't, I think between Zach, myself and Jay, uh, energy, you know, having energy consistently is important, but especially with those guys, because it's, uh, they need energy certain days, but I thought uh, they attacked it really well. And I thought those, both those guys really got a lot out of the year that, um, you know, we, we, we had with them. So uh, Nassim had a great year as well. We haven't even really talked about him. I think he's, He's going to be a special one for, for years to come. Like, that's the exciting part about him. We'll get to see him, you know, multiple years. I heard he can jump. Is that true? Can he <laughs> jump? I think what's, what's funny is, and I think when we talk about him, we compare him a little bit to, to Michael Guine, uh, but, like, more violent. I think in some ways he's as good a jumper. I don't know if he's as good vertically like I don't know what their their two foot jump is. I think Mike might be a little better, but Nassim to me like the 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 best way to describe him is like he's like Mike, but maybe more violent. Like just in terms of his ability to jump and and go get the ball and and be aggressive as an athlete. Um, but he's he's got a chance. He's uh, he's someone we recruited really really hard out of high school. Uh, he went to the same high school I went to, uh, and and he was a really really good player there he won a state championship in california which is really hard to do and won a lot of games and uh, he made the decision to go to utah and um once he put his name in the portal last year uh you know we we were on it i think with him it's a unique situation because he redshirted at utah um and so then like we go back to our conversation earlier today that where you don't have film to watch it right well we were so familiar with him before and we we uh you know, we recruited him and, and had a long history and relationship with him that allowed us to know what he could and couldn't do and what he needed to improve in this year. And so he's really had a tough route in some ways because he's been in college for, for two years and never played a college basketball game. So for him, uh, I think, you know, you talk about the struggle of being able to be focused and energized consistently day in and day out and never have played for two years. I mean, imagine that, right? One year is hard enough let alone two years. So for him, the challenge will be just kind of getting, you know, getting his feet wet and playing his first college games and letting him understand what, 
what it's all about and giving him a little bit of time to, to do that. But he's a special athlete. Uh, he's, uh, he's a good competitor. He does a lot of different things on the basketball court in some ways like Mike did, where when, you know, when there's a play to be made, he can do it in a number of ways, whether it's scoring, getting a loose ball, getting a rebound, guarding the other team's best player. Uh, he, he can do it all. And uh, it'll be exciting to see him. We'll have him for three years. And uh, I, I definitely think he'll be an impact player and have a, have a large, large impact for three years. All three of the freshmen you guys brought in this year seemed to weather the storm and do a pretty darn good job. Derek Carter-Hollinger getting freshman of the year. But you guys are bringing in four more new freshmen next year. Start with the two guys from California, Robbie Beasley and Brandon Whitney. Are those guys going to be expected to play as heavy a role as the freshmen did this year, or are you guys going to be able to ease them in a little bit more since you do have a lot more returning? Yeah, I think you know the one thing, the way, the one way I look at it, we'll be young again next year um, in some in some ways. Like you look at, you know, we had four freshmen this last year, and we have four freshmen coming in. Uh, but I, I think they're very very talented. Like when you look at those eight guys in in the freshman sophomore class. Um, I think everyone's starting to do it a little differently. I think, uh, you know, some people are really hitting on, you know, going on the transfer market and doing it that way. I think, you know, I think Montana and the, the luxury of this job is you can build it the right way and you can have guys for multiple years and, and get, uh, have them get experience and, and learn and, and grow together. Uh, and when you look at our teams that we've built, uh, you know, that, Ogine, Rory, Moorhead, Kerslavik, that whole crew all kind of came up together. And so um, I think the four freshmen coming in, they're gonna, we're going to need them to compete for minutes. Um, and I think they're coming here knowing that there is opportunity and knowing that uh, we need them to do that. And I think you're going to see uh, just as much talent in this, these next four as you did this year um, with some of these younger guys. And in some ways their identities uh, – are a little different, which I think will allow them to coexist. But uh, I feel like we haven't put together two classes like this back-to-back since I've been here. And I think the depth and the talent level um, and their ability to coexist is is pretty darn good and uh, should hopefully lead to some pretty good things. Josh Brandon, Hunter Clark coming in from Australia, and the Australian connection has been good to Montana, particularly with guys like Fabian Krizlovic and Jack Lopez. I know that there was a distinct connection before with Kerry Rupp, who was on Wayne Tinkle's staff, and then he was able to help filter some guys this way. What's the connection now? I know you guys have a grad assistant, right, Anderson Clark, who, uh, or I guess a graduate manager. Is that the connection now to Australia? How, how are you guys going abroad and getting players like that? Yeah, I mean, he obviously, uh, having him on staff, you know, allows us to, to you know, have – a few more connections and different things over there. I think the success that the other guys uh, had earlier. Um, and, and I also kind of consider Martin, you know, you throw Martin in with us, uh, just the international player having success here. Um, but, I, you know, we went over there and, you know, I think you, anytime you, you're going to recruit internationally, you have to go over, you have to see it, you have to establish relationships and build trust and, um, you know, I think Anderson being here allows us to do that. Uh, obviously, uh, one of the guys coming is his brother. Um, and so, uh, you know, I think those two will be really good. I, they've, they've played at some pretty high levels, and I think that's the unique thing about them coming over is they're not, you know, they are freshmen, but they play uh, at such a high level, um, and, it, and the, 
the layout of their lives is so different. Like they are at the center of excellence over there. They're essentially already on a college campus. I mean, they, they, they live in dorms. They, um, they eat their meals in you know, in, in a dorm, you know, in a cafeteria type deal on a university campus. Uh, they train constantly year round and they're playing older guys. So, They've got a lot of international experience, which to me translates to probably a little bit quicker learning curve uh, and and probably allows them to have a little bit more success when they come over early. But uh, we're expecting a lot of those two guys, and, and I think they're going to be really successful. Well, Coach, I'll tell you what, we really appreciate your time spending it with us uh, here in the in this, uh, in this space, and we wish you the best in uh, – teaching your child to sleep at the right times and for the right durations. That is certainly the hardest thing you're going to have to do in this off season. So, uh, you know, as one who can commiserate, I'll be thinking of you. Okay. My friend on that. Yeah, front. no, I, I appreciate it. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to try to, to do my best to, to get him sleeping and we've done good so far. My wife's the champ. She's, she's killed it. So we'll, uh, I'm going to, I'll let her take the lead. With it. Okay. That's, that, that's a good thing to do. You come right, in. Mike? I'm at home. Yeah, do the dishes and let her take the lead. That's right. We're good. Support. Support, man. That's what we're here to be. You know, that's it. Absolutely. Coach, appreciate you as always. We'll uh, we'll catch up with you again here very soon, okay? Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. Appreciate it. Chris Cobb, associate head coach of the University of Montana men's basketball team, our Opportunity Bank Coach's Corner. Appreciate him spending not one but two segments with us here off the top and getting through. And, man, I'll tell you what. I mean, he didn't undersell Nassim Gas, can I say? If it's a, if it's a if it's a bit of a coin flip on the on the leaping ability, but with just more violence, I mean, come on now, who is it? Who isn't sitting here going, "Well, yeah, let me just see what that's all about." What's next is what's best. Ain't nobody jumping higher than Michael Ogine. No doubt. Period. <laughs> Period. <laughs> Period. He's gonna. I mean, the dude's got a fifty plus. Well, and, inch and, and, and just just jump. to be just to be clear, he did not. He did say. Michael Ogine is the higher I can, jumper. I can, I of the can two. see okay. how you could be more violent because Michael Ogine is a slight guy. I mean, he he goes about six well, one and a half hundred. And he's grace. Pounds. He's graceful, right? Very graceful. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, Gaskin's a lot bigger than Ogine. He's a lot bigger. I mean, he's listed at six four. So he's significant. Is he? Yeah. So he's significantly bigger than Ogine. Okay. Uh, I've seen him practice. I I'm so interested about the kid because I think that his athleticism, violent, is a very good way to describe it. Yeah. Certainly. I I just hope that. He has a realistic expectation for both personally as well as I hope that they have a realistic expectation for him because it's so easy to see a guy who comes from Bishop O'Dowd High School, one of the best programs in California, who wins the state championship in high school, who went to the Pac-12, went to the Pac-12, played for Larry Kostowiak. It's so easy to think, well, man, I mean, he's a he's a drop down from Utah who has this sort of athleticism and his highlight film looks like a and one mixtape with all the dunks. You got to remember, he's still a redshirt freshman. That's right. So he's going to have to learn how to play within a system, certainly at Montana, because they run such a stringent system on both sides. So it doesn't matter how talented you are. You got to find how to use your talent within the system, else it's just not going to work. Yeah. There's a lot of freelancing going on. I mean, Travis DeKir is a very strict coach in terms of the, what you do, what you need to do. And, and he's also proven that if you don't do what you need to do, particularly on the defensive end, you don't play. It doesn't yeah. matter how talented you are. You do not play if you don't buy in defensively. But if you do buy in defensively, you can have all sorts of elevated and broad roles. I think Gaskin's really, really talented. I'm just so interested to see if he can find because he's going to have to play a he's going to have to play a role next year, as opposed to he's not going to be able to just be the dude right, right away. Right. He's just not. 
they're going to play inside out next year. It's going to be Timmy Falls trying to keep it under control. It's going to be Michael Stedman as the primary scorer, likely. We'll see what kind of next step Mac Anderson can take, what kind of next step Derek Carter-Hollinger can take. You know, Josh Vasquez probably actually will be the more of the steady guys running the show, and Timmy will be the guy that's pushing the ball. But I just think that Gaskin's going to have to be sort of a a splash scorer off the wing the first year. And then, right. then he'll get a chance to be one of the – I mean, because at Montana, they usually have three guys who get a chance to actually be real double-digit, double-figure scorers. It's going to be a little while until Gaskin gets that chance. Well, and it, the other thing, too, is just look at the sheer numbers on this. Okay, Just look at the math of this. You got four guys that are freshmen this year going to be sophomores next year. Okay, You got two guys in Stedman and Gaskin who are coming off of their transfer and expected to be big-time players. Okay, You have your upperclassmen in Timmy Falls and Mac Anderson. And then you got four more freshmen coming in. I mean, we're at like 10, 12 guys. Now, I don't know what the red shirt situation is going to be or whatever with, with some of these freshmen and so, so on. But, I mean, an eight-person rotation is basically what, what you have at, at most college programs. Sometimes it's seven. Occasionally it can be nine or ten. But usually it's about eight. And certainly Travis DeCure has, has had a pretty short rotation in general. Now, maybe it's a luxury to have more than that, but also, I mean, we talked about the buy-in this year, but there's there's going to be some guys who are some good players who are not playing basketball next year at the University of Montana. I mean, that 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 just seems like a fact, and trying to deal with that and, and, and you know, explain it, pacify it, or, or make those choices, that's, a, that's no easy task. And that's, you know, the, the, the one sort of tough side of having maybe a great recruiting situation that you've gotten yourself into. Well, it's also, I mean, it's it's the double-edged sword. I think on one hand, it is one of the only criticisms you could give those guys in terms of roster management. But on the other hand, I think it's also one of the strengths is that early in the year, especially during the non-conference, Travis Dekir does, he works through his rotations to see who who what he can get in real game situations. Yeah. And a lot of times that ends up guys, quote-unquote, burning their red shirt. Because in, in basketball, if you step on the floor, that's it. Yeah, your eligibility is gone. You yeah. can play one minute in a season, and it counts as a year. Yeah, and we've seen a couple guys that have gotten into games a little bit early and then just sat the pine for the entire conference season. Well, and sometimes those guys, you know, you think about like Ben Carter, the Australian yep. kid, a couple years ago, or Admir Basevich. Those guys were going to be, <laughs> excuse me, those guys were going to be projects anyways. And them leaving is not like this crazy detriment to your program. Yeah. But on the other hand, if you just would have registered them, you just wonder how they could have developed. It, it is. It's a double-edged sword because you can't give too much criticism because I do give them credit for giving those guys a chance. But like you're saying, in the ideal world, maybe you do redshirt a guy like Kyle Owens next year. Right. Or maybe you do redshirt the two incoming California guys. Or maybe you redshirt all four of the incoming freshman guys. Or you pick and choose, but that that's just so determined on having your rotation solidified the first day of the season. And that's just not really what it's going to be, especially with a coaching staff that demands like they do. Travis DeCure needs to see you in games. Yeah. He needs to see how you run the defensive scheme. If you can execute, if you can do it in live action. We appreciate Chris Cobb joining us, uh, spending the time that he did with us. So it was very good of him, generous of him to, to do that. We appreciate it very much. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. First of all, we got a programming update for you this week that we want to talk to you about. Again, we're moving studios. We're very excited about the new studios that we're going into, uh, but we're going to kind of tell you how that's going to go this week. So uh, stick around for that. And also, 
uh, a new recruit to Montana State's men's team as they have four guys who are now leaving or have left uh, transferring out of Montana State and uh, they're starting to stockpile uh, uh, new guys in there. So we will get to that right after this. Hey, the Silver Slipper, they're your beer, wine, and liquor stock up headquarters. You've got all the toilet paper you could possibly need. Ain't that the truth? Now head over to the Slipper and stock up on what you really need. They've also got Tarantino's Pizza to go. The Silver Slipper is staffed in the kitchen and with bartenders. You can get pizza and cocktails to go, plus the liquor store. They have a happy hour. When is it? It's easy. It's during this show. Four to six every single day. What is the liquor store happy hour? You get the employee discount on bottles of liquor. That's right. All show long, head over for the employee's discount at the liquor store. They're open from 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. daily uh, over at the Silver Slipper. They have the friendliest staff in town, even in the midst of a national crisis. It's times like these. The Silver Slipper has what you're looking for. Visit thesilverslipperlounge.com for more info and stop by today to see why the Silver Slipper is one of Montana's best-kept secrets. They're across the street from Super Walmart on Brooks. You know, Coulter, the online world is complex, and it's even the more complex when you have a business that's online. And let's be honest, every business is online in this day and age. How nice would it be if you had a company that could help you make your business demands simpler and the approach easier to understand while also making it secure? One of the great books ever written, Eric Hoffer, The True Believer. One of the theses in this book is man of ideas and men of action. Sometimes the men of ideas need men of action. We need help. We need help with all of the logistics of technology. Boy, do we. I got nothing but ideas, and I got no clue how to do any of this other stuff. So that's why you call our friends at Blackfoot. Blackfoot Communications are your men and women of action. When your business online needs help, needs security, and needs to, frankly, just stay functioning. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. Ensure that your company is online all the time. Get the people of action from Blackfoot Communications. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. A new J.C. guard headed to Montana State. We'll tell you who in just a moment. It's Sutel Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. Outstanding to be with you on a Monday afternoon. Hope you're having a great day. We appreciate you being with us. I know. I know. It's, it's, a, it's a funky time to be alive right now. Okay? But we're still here. Right, Coulter? I mean, we're still here for the people all day. Well, not all day. Two hours a day. Check us out on the podcast, check us out on the stream, check us out right here on your radios, hanging out at home, listening in. We appreciate all of you. Uh, listen, we're going to talk about this JC Guard, but just a quick update here on what's going on, okay? So we are not on SWX television as of right now uh, until we get over to the studio. We're in an absolute bare bones studio right now. This entire uh, uh, office has just been, I mean, they, they've taken... Just about everything out here. I think they rolled up the I mean, wallpaper. We're basically sitting on the floor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> now you know how I feel every day. Yeah. For those that do watch us on TV, uh, Ryan and I are actually the exact same height. I might even be just a hair taller. Oh, you, I think and, you are taller than I am. And if you watch us on TV, it looks like Ryan is like six feet taller than me because my terrible chair sits so far down. 
<laughs> and Ryan sits up on his little perch. That's right. I'm in a, I'm in a power position there. I also need to be able to re- reach the, the keyboard and stuff. So that's another part of it. Anyway, point being, we're going to be in a new studio by the end of this week, which we're very excited about. But it's a, there's a whole lot that's going into this. Like they got to take satellites down off the roof and go put them up on the new building and then point them at the right satellites up on the mountain and get those satellites pointed back at the right place. There's, it's, there's a ton and all the wiring, everything like that. I mean, heaven only knows the work that, that Tommy is doing for this. So we uh, certainly uh, uh, recognize, you know, all of the engineering that's going into moving a radio station, which is significantly more than just moving your, you know, standard whatever load up the files and move on down the road so it's taken a a ton of work a ton of work has already been done and we appreciate everybody that has done it on our behalf we will be here doing the show today tomorrow wednesday then thursday we will not have to tell nuanas because that's the day like the second we get done with our show on wednesday night we are breaking all of the big time equipment down moving it across town and setting it up but it's just a longer process than the 22 hour window uh that's available to get it done so no show on thursday and then we will be back with you from the new studio up and running hopefully in every possible format on friday so we're very excited about it excited to be over there perhaps we'll have a chair that will uh show coulter at his correct height like what what isn't this the uh uh the supreme court all the chairs are exactly weighted for each member so that when they're all seated they're all exactly the same height in their said chairs right you know right, so, right, so each right. chair is different so on that, its own so the rbg doesn't uh, look six feet shorter than everyone else exactly exactly right exactly right. hers is actually, she's like 410 her when she sits it actually floats what right. happens to get her up to the level of everybody else uh so anyway we'll uh, we're, we're looking for that but just wanted to kind of make you aware that that's going on coulter just quickly we talked with with coach cobb about the montana recruiting and everything that they've had had going on montana state at this point, has had four guys transfer, transfer out of the transfer portal. So so- sophomores, Quentin Guilford and Zeke Quinlan, who were both yep. brought in by Brian Fish, they played this year as sophomores, both played sparingly. Zach Hobbs, who was one of Danny Sprinkle's first recruits, he's leaving. The most interesting part about that is he's from Mesa, Arizona, and his high school coach was Shane Burkar, who we had on this show, who then became Northern Arizona's interim coach. NAU, interestingly enough, did not remove that tag from Burkar, and they have not made an announcement. Zach Klaus excuse me, Zach Claus at Idaho, did have his interim tag removed during the year. They gave him a contract. Shane Burkhardt did not. But you wonder, Zach Hobbs didn't really break into the rotation as much as maybe some thought he would as kind of one of the prized high school recruits Danny Sprinkle brought in. Yep. He only played 119 minutes in 19 total games, so not very many, not very much playing time, and he hardly played at all during conference play. But you wonder if he goes back home and maybe right. transfers to NAU right. if Burkhardt does get the job because that was his high school coach. But then the last one, Brett Finn, who's a well-traveled kid. He's a Montana guy from Big Timber. Played two years at Dawson Community College in Great Glendive and then played a year at Texas A&M International, which is a Division II school. He came back home and he walked on to Montana State and he just really couldn't crack the roster. And I think he's graduating, but he still has a year of basketball eligibility remaining. So he can't go D1 to D1 because he just did, he just transferred to to NCAA. But he'll end up at a... Frontier School. I mean, he's a guy that could play that could play really good minutes at Carroll College or Rocky. Sure. So that it gives Montana State. You got to remember in men's basketball, it's thirteen scholarships, fifteen roster spots. So Brett Finn was one of the roster spots, not a scholarship guy. But they basically now have four roster spots, three scholarships. Yeah. Well, now two scholarships because they added Nick 
Gazelis, I believe is how you pronounce his last name. It's a JC transfer. JC transfer. Watched his film last night. He's from uh, Jacksonville College, which I had never heard of, but it's in Humble, Texas. That's a good league. It's a really good league. Uh, Blinn Junior College, most famous for producing Cam Newton, is, is in that league. Who? <laughs> Cam Newton, and then also Caleb Hill, who mm. once upon a time was supposed to be an NFL quarterback and then ended up finishing his career here at Montana as a tight end. Uh, here and then going into the baseball draft. That's right. right? Go, and getting drafted in baseball, that's right. right. Uh, that's here and over there, though. But this uh, Gazelis, he can shoot it, and he's a combo guard, and he's a guy that's an, he's a qualifier right away, so he's got three years of eligibility remaining. Yep. Average 17 points per game last year, shot about 40% from three. So who knows what he will become. But to me, uh, I think that worst-case scenario, he's uh, the next Layden Ricketts. You know, he's just a guy that can shoot some threes and, and play a little defense and handle the ball. And maybe he evolves into being a really good scorer, but they do have one of their spots filled. We'll see what Danny Sprinkle can do in recruiting here for the uh, rest of the offseason, I guess, when, if and when recruiting opens back up. Uh, it's Tutel Nuanas. Hour number one is almost in the books, but you know this is a show for the people. This is your show out there. So we go now to the Regis Brothers RV phone line. We welcome in our good friend, Regime Seabrook, who's. Uh, co-hosted been on this show many many times and it's been a long time coming to get you back in here regime how are you do we have him okay i was excited to have him and then just wasn't there we'll see if we can tell you what we're up against we'll take a quick break oh there we go there we got him okay hi regime how are you i'm fine i was on hold for a while boys and i i you know you got to put down the cute five-year-old so she doesn't goo and go through the phone and, you know, annoy the rest of the audience outside with the three of us. That's uh, that's good radio etiquette that you've performed right there. So very, very good. We appreciate that. What's going on with you, Regime? Well, yeah, not much, to be honest. Yeah. I just pretty much uh, ended up my first day of homeschooling, um, and I, I was late uh, uh, to the classroom today. You, the so teacher. To- we're, we're late oh, to your first day of homeschooling. Hey man, that's that's like ham without the burger. It just kind of happens sometimes. <laughs> um, you know, finished just wrapped up a good day of homeschooling and delivered a box of comics to a friend. And on the way going to and fro, uh, I heard your beautiful dulcet tones and Mister Knowledge Plethora, the fountain of facts. Uh, yeah, old Coulter, Coulter he's got it. All, yeah, yeah. I just said I got to call in because. Oh. Uh, as a longtime friend of the show, this will possibly be the last time I, I get to do so at the old location of the old That's home. right. That's right. And let me tell you something. You know, we're happy to have been here. We got a lot of memories here. It's okay. Because when you get into the new place, I think, you know, you go, oh, you know what? It's okay. We've upgraded significantly. So we're, uh, we're pretty pumped about going over to the old place. But we appreciate the call. And good for you for taking, you know, friends, you know, reading material so they could get through this time, you know, and, uh, and, uh, and helping raise the levels out there, man. You're doing it. Hey, I'm going to be Rick Rhymes this time around, man. It just you got to you got to survive in this world. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Regime appreciated as always, my friend. Thanks for the call. Be well, Jen. Three two nine one eight nine nine. The phone number. You want to call in? Hey, you come in here anytime. We 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 want to have everybody in regime, of course. Anytime uh, that he wants to come on is welcome here. Hour one in the books. Hour two straight ahead. What did we do this weekend? We'll get into that maybe a little bit. And also, Tom Wistersill. 
the commissioner of the Big Sky Conference. He addressed the idea, uh, or the question rather, uh, of eligibility as it pertains to kids who didn't get to finish their season or even start their season in the case of the spring sports. We'll hear what he had to say last week about it and discuss as well right after this. Say the Silver Slipper, they're your beer and wine liquor stock up headquarters. You've got all the toilet paper you could possibly need, so now head over to the Slipper and stock up on what you really need. They also have tarantino's pizza to go in fact the silver slipper is staffed with a kitchen and bartender so you can get your pizza and cocktails to go plus the liquor store there have a happy hour now at the liquor store how's that four to six every day right here during this show you go in and you get the employee discount on bottles of liquor that's right it's from four to six every day they're open though all day long 11 a.m to 8 p.m uh every single day so get over to the silver slipper they have the friendliest staff in town even in the midst of a national crisis it's times like these that the silver slipper has what you're looking for visit the silver slipper lounge.com for more info and stop by today to see why the silver slipper is one of montana's best kept secrets across the street from super walmart on brooks Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 